Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. Over the last two years, we have gone on 45 book-based adventures. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever said hi, mon ami. On the show? Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, it's true that. But you, I would say it's your most common start of a, of a voice note, though. It's the most common intro to a voice note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but normally for podcasts, for the I say hi, it's a little, That's a little taster of what our friendship's like off air. <laughs> yeah, just give when it. We're not, when we're not on the podcast together, we don't actually have a friendship with us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here in the privy. We're in the privy. We're in the privy and it's warm and toasty. It is warm and toasty. Smelling candle. We've got a lovely smelling candle and oh, we've got some strawberries and we have the microphone on my writing <laughs> bureau. It's beautiful, it really is. Yeah, so I've got the like the red leather inlaid. It's got a little bit to put your uh, notepaper on. And it's fifteen pounds. Fifteen pounds oh, a bargain. Such a bargain. Where did you get it? And it was from a charity shop. Could, they could have got more, I feel. More for the charity. Yeah, but I think probably people don't necessarily want writing bureaus now. It's really? quite old fashioned. And also you have to transport it. Mm, true that. that. Yes, yeah, so we're in the privy <laughs> and today's mystery business Well <laughs> I received I'm gonna say it. One of the best presents <laughs> in my life ever. We actually have a voice note of the moment that I received one of the best presents of my life. Here it is. Okay, um, so I've received an email yeah. from you, Madeline Berry. Yeah. Birthday present. You can open it. I feel really anxious. <laughs> really actually excited. It's a detachment. It's the attachment that you need. There's no attachment. Oh, that's embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I've now sent it again. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so you give it a minute. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Oh, look, you've got a little voice note from me. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of poppy. A bit poppy. A lot of glamorous people out here, isn't it? Glamorous? Yeah. Do you think? Oh, no, she's amazing. Doesn't she? Oh, she really does. She really does. Maybe she's famous. Yeah, she's got big celebrity style glasses on. Yeah, so do I, though. Oh, look, there's a seagull on Smuts. <laughs> I don't know Why is Smuts the only one who's a different colour? Older. Older. Coppery. He's very Cheaper um, material. Statue of Liberty, isn't he? Statue of Loverty. Right, boy. Has it got an attachment? Okay, so it says a Farrago of Leather.pdf. I love it already. .pdf, open it. Okay. Open the PDF. Is it your story? Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no way! I I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. It's been it's been oh, quite a joy. I want to sit here and read it. Now just to just to manage your expectations, it is a short story. Yeah, there's Hannah in it. There's Captain Conundrum, CC for sure. 
Oh my word, what an absolute, I feel very overwhelmed, I cannot wait. Yay! Oh wow! So just, um, oh thank just you! Just you're very wow. welcome. And what a title! What a title! I already love it! Um, so just to, just to manage expectations, it's, it's a short story. Pages, 16 pages. 16 pages? That's about 7,000 words, 8,000 words. 7,000 words! Oh my about word! That. It's a PDF because I have had it, I've, try, I've tried to get it printed and bound, but the printing people are very slow. So you'll have a physical copy at some point. Yeah. Copy. Oh my it'll word. It'll be thin, but they're very slow. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I am absolutely delighted. There's a few, I can't there's wait a few, to read um, it. There's a few like little features in there that are little, um, little, little nods. nods. Little nods. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a murder mystery, obviously, but it's a short story murder mystery. So it's not like... Since you've been secretly working on this? Yeah. Oh. Since probably since I told you I was going to write you one on the podcast. It was, it made it into an episode, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'll read it, report back. I'm absolutely Yeah, if, I, I, I don't want to hear about it if you absolutely slate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you don't go on the podcast and say, oh, I've read this short story recently that's rubbish. I mean, I already love it from the character list. There's someone called... Reginald Flumpton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Who's so. a layabout bachelor. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a couple of characters in there, some, some recognisable characters. <laughs> Mrs. Gough. Mrs. Gough. She's in there. She runs She runs the local post office. office. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got a few got a few choice characters in there. We've got um, Miss Marple, obviously, leading lady. I'll spare That's why I asked you what was your favourite Miss Marple for Pennington. She's in there. Uh, we've got you in there. Nigel Flumpton. Nigel Flumpton. He's what not really, I mean, he's he's a character, but he's, he's not based on anything. Oh, um, my word. What an absolute treat. We've got me in there. I'm, I've given myself the title of Chief Inspector at Scotland Yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm, this, this is one of the most magical <laughs> birthday present ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> when you're a best-selling mystery author, oh. I can be like, wow. <laughs> it did make me think, wow, it's really hard, isn't it? Will you find the, um, you to, yeah. the printed one? Do you want me to? Yeah, first edition. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I thought actually but To be honest, if, if, even if I did become famous, I would just sign whatever copy you did buy or have. Maybe. Anything else you want to add to the... I'm... I'm absolutely overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. I thought you, I actually kind of thought you'd know. Because we talked, I was very I obviously like, I'm, I'm going to write no your words. I thought it I meant... even said I'm going to write for your birthday this year. No, I know, but it just was said in passing, wasn't it? It said in passing. I, um, I thought it was going to be maybe like a poster or a print or something. Interesting. Because you asked me what my favourite yeah, Miss Marple was, so I thought maybe it's going to be like a old style printout of the cover or something yeah, like that. That would be good, actually, wouldn't it? Maybe next year. No, this has been much better. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I can't believe the time and effort that's clearly gone into this. It's a significant time and effort's gone into that. I've had a great time doing it, though. Well, it's also, I would say, like a, a, a cross between... I should have read a blurb, really, shouldn't I, for you? But if, if there was a blurb... I don't see what it's happens. A, it's, a, it's a cosy um, golden age thriller. It's a cosy golden set, age I've set it in the 1950s. Um, key, key features. Um, no, let me let me just experience okay. it and find out. I've done it. I I will. I'll give you one um, one piece of information. Is that I've set it in the villages around Newcastle, so that um, I can have a Geordie accent. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, enjoy. I will. Yeah, report back. Report I will. Back. I will.
So obviously I went away to read for our go further and I took some notes. I only want to hear about it if you didn't slate it. No, I, I, I put here, loved it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, you've never given a 10 on the podcast. 10 out of 10, I loved no, it. No, I don't accept that you should give it a 10 after you've given no other authors that are actually authors. No, I loved everything about <laughs> it and I didn't work it out. Did you not? At all. I thought it was really obvious. No. Okay, great. So I I won't give away no the ending. No spoilers. Because no one's going to read it anyway. No, because people might want to read it. If you want to read it, get in touch. Yeah, if you want to read it, get in touch. I... I did actually sort of laugh when I found out the solution. Why? Because I felt like it was a little bit Christiana Brand-esque <laughs> and that I just felt so duped. Oh, I'm sorry. I really thought, this isn't really giving anything away, <laughs> but I thought it was one character because they appeared in it quite a lot Yeah. and they were quite funny. Oh, Billy so, Knuckles. <laughs> Uh, or Mrs. Guff. Uh, Mrs. Guff. I, thought it was I don't think she appeared in it that much. She basically just like fell over quite a lot. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, but I thought that was significant. Oh, and maybe it was. Oh, yeah. Just in case just we didn't yeah. it. But so many hallmarks have got need f- fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was intentional. The denouement, village <laughs> setting. I love the sort of the perspective moving from the individual characters. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And then, and after the murder takes place, there's you know they're obviously all waking up to the fact that this murder's taking place, and one of them feels fear. One of them feels fear because they've done a crime. Because they've done a they did a, thing a crime. They shouldn't have done. I was absolutely thrilled. <laughs> Elspeth McGillicuddy, yeah. and Mrs. Miss Marple, brilliant reference to the four fifty Tallington. Um, and that Mrs. McGillicuddy gets a train at the beginning, and she's just pleased there's no small children on the train. <laughs> she doesn't really like them. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and Miss Marple, spot on. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm worried that I didn't get her essence. No, you right. did. Exactly. The, her wonderful nephew, Raymond. Yeah. She always talks about that. And that <laughs> Miss Marple has a rather unfortunate plumbing incident <laughs> yeah, yeah. that means she's got to go and stay with her friend. <laughs> that was funny. And <laughs> that it centres there's a murder mystery party. Yeah. Which Miss Marple attends. <laughs> I love that you had her saying, this does sound rather thrilling. <laughs> I was like, you would say that. Also enjoyed how many friendships there were. Friendships between women. I didn't, I, I, one of the only requirements I had for the book was that there weren't too many men with, like, two strong characters, <laughs> which is very female heavy. Yeah. Well, the men didn't, <laughs> didn't really didn't get, get a look, a look <laughs> It was... Very pleasing that your character <laughs> was we. You were a chief inspector, weren't chief you? Chief inspector Scotland Yard. Yeah. <laughs> chief <inspector> Scotland <laughs> Just Yard. like casually um, manifesting. <laughs> yeah, with a Geordie accent. Ah, uh, and just oh, and I was in it. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I loved my character's joy at meeting Miss Marple. <laughs> so that is exactly how I would react. I yeah, I just thought it was. Amazing. Everything about Mrs. Garth. Brilliant. She's wearing a sack. Yeah, I don't she never explained. She never explains no. why she's wearing a sack to the party. <laughs> Some lovely little words there that I I think you probably threw in. Pottering, great, yeah. cad. Yeah. Motley. <laughs> and then and then those some lines I thought were amazing, I wrote down. 
mad and devastation upon their faces. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's great. That was like a brilliant vibe. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I just thought thought it was a brilliant and I've actually put a bit here. It towards the end there was an audible gasp from the characters. And indeed from me as I was reading, <laughs> I audibly gasped. I just thought it was so wonderful and I hope this is the start of your mystery writing career now. Very much. I hope so too. I did really, really enjoy it. And yeah. I did think at one point, oh my god, what have I done? Like, have, I, have I made a terrible mistake getting into doing this? Because by the time I'd started planning it, I started writing it, and then I told Andrew about it. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> this is really hard. Yeah. And then, and then I think once I stopped taking it quite so seriously, I had a great time doing it. So that's yeah. a lesson if anyone wants to write a murder mystery book. Don't take it too seriously. So it's mostly, it is mostly quite comedy value. I would <laughs> say it's not particularly serious, but... <laughs> no, but that's the joy of mystery. That's why we love mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very light-hearted. Cozy. And I... So I've read it a few times. <laughs> uh, and when I went back, there are two sentences that tell you... Give it away, yeah. That give it away. Yeah, little clues. And I, I didn't notice them at all. Even right. though, as I was reading it, I was like, I imagine there's probably going to be some... Little clue. Some little clue. Yeah. Didn't get it at all. Yeah, that, does, be, that does please me. Because mm. that was what I was going for. But also I was like... Because you're, when you're writing it, you feel like, obviously it's this, because you've written it that way. Yeah. So I had no concept of if you'd read it, and be like, obviously it's this person the whole time. No. And... Yeah, so I'm really pleased that you that you had that you didn't spot the, the little nods. So I didn't think. I also found it frustrating reading when I've read books when there's no clue, and you think, well, oh, how have they worked it out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I absolutely loved it. I was as hopefully listeners will hear in the voice now. I was very overwhelmed. You were quite overwhelmed. Yeah, I I had no. I was really surprised. Yeah, even though there's been all my air confessions that I've been writing it. But I think it was also that I think maybe you thought I'd tell being serious. I said I was going to write you one. Yeah, but it was quite a long time ago. And I sort of forgot about it. And, yeah. Um, well, yeah. And so appropriate that I received it by the statue of Millicent Fawcett. Yeah, she was, she was watching over. She approvingly. was approvingly. yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, we don't have time to even do it right now, but we also, that day, went and did a murder mystery walking tour that we were absolutely incredible at. <laughs> yeah. We'll, tell, we'll put that as another mystery business for another episode. Another people. episode. Check it out. Tune in another time. We'll tell you about it. We'll tell you about it. Yeah, yeah so, mystery business, um, Farago Bleather by Maddie Berry. It's it's the first, the first piece of writing in your mystery career. Yeah. Sure is. And we hope it's the first of many. I hope I'm going to be talking to you about this <laughs> when you're you're 75 <laughs> and we're at the Harold Printer Theatre and you're doing your retrospective. Look out. Look out. Look out. Yeah, so that Maddie's got the physical copy. Yeah. And it looks like a dictionary. It sure does. Really kind of chunky. Yeah, and I, I did not expect this when I, when I opened it. Mm. So this week we were reading Killer Kung Pao by Vivian Chien. Chien. Yeah. So 
Maddie. Yes. This was your choice, so why did you choose Killer Kung Pao? <laughs> why did I choose Killer Kung Pao? I think, so I've been, I've been, uh, I think we're, uh, the more episodes that we do, the more I think, oh, you know, there's, there's, there's lots out there that we still haven't found, but you have to search that bit harder to find it. Mm, we've, read a lot, we've read a lot of um, murder mystery, but there, I would say women writing murder mystery is, is disproportionately small in the available arson, if you will. Well, in terms of what's available, because it's not necessarily in terms of what's been written, but what's available. I yeah, especially I, golden age, golden age. Yeah. yeah. So, and this was this should be clear, not golden age. No, I mean um, really recent, really recent. Twenty twenty. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, I've been doing a lot of research lately about what's out there, uh, and there was an article on Goodreads that was like upcoming murder mystery books this year that are coming out. Read this; these are going to be the best ones. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of this author's other ones, which I believe has just come out, I don't even remember what it's called, but. I think it's called Sweet and Sour Murder or something like that. Yeah. Uh, has just come out. And I thought, ooh, I love the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, it had, the, the name of it reminded me a little bit of um, Mrs. Mrs. T's Delights or Mrs. D's Delights, which is um, the other books written by... Oh, Auntie Lee. Auntie Lee, Which yes. we've not read which yet. we've not read yet. But the video, video you set in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, Singapore. ooh, I really liked... I loved a video you, and I never got round to reading those yet. But I just thought a new author, give it a go. Yeah. And then I tried to try to get us to read uh, Death by Dumpling, sold out on live. But the title incredible, yeah. Death by and Dumpling. And then I went for Dim Sum of All Fears, also mm. sold out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this was the next one that was available. But there's also Murder Low Main, there's Wanton Terror, and Egg Drop Dead, which I don't get. <laughs> um, and then this one. So yeah, that was the sort of process. Okay. Yeah. And what did you think of Killer Would you like me to give you a summary? Oh, yeah, please give a summary. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to read the blurb because I actually finished this on Monday. It's been a while. Okay, fine. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Lana Lee's plate is already plenty full. Running her family's Chinese restaurant in Cleveland's Asia Village is challenging on the best of days. But just when Lana thinks she might be able to catch her breath before the weekend, which she's eager to spend with her equally overworked boyfriend, Detective Adam Trudeau, Lana witnesses a car accident in the parking lot, and now she has no choice but to get involved. Jun Yi of Yi's Tea and Bakery is a serious businesswoman well known for her heartlessness, but Jun meets her match when she rear-ends the Cadillac belonging to Ma Yong, Ma Yong? Yeah. Yeah. lover Mildred Millie Mao. As each woman curses and threatens the other, it becomes clear to Lana that trouble lies ahead. Still, who could have imagined that Millie would end up dead at the beauty salon? The evidence suggests that she was electrocuted while having a foot bath, and all eyes are on June. Can Lana find a way to solve this case before another fatality occurs in Asia Village? It's a very, very detailed... What a long blurb. Blurb. As yeah. in... And actually, quite a lot of this, not relevant. <laughs> just, just shorten that down for the future of Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says on the front cover, steaming hot homicide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is also, by the way, why I another reason I picked it is that I didn't. Well, I kind of knew that it would be a modern day, but I didn't think it would fall into the trap of being like really overtly violent, which is what we have found in some. Uh, it wasn't at all. It no. was very much of the cozy mystery was, genre. Yeah. yeah. So, what did you think of Killer Clown Pal? Um, I would say some. Positives and negatives. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I felt that, well, one, I did really appreciate that it was not like gratuitously violent, which we have found with some modern books. Yeah. It was very cosy. Well, cosy maybe is the wrong word, but it was quite gentle in that way. Yeah. 
and you do get a real sense of like the world that it sits within so you have like so the all of the suspects all of the characters actually sort of interact within this like asian village world that they live in within cleveland and a lot of the characters that are kind of involved in the actual like murder and the, the suspects are people who like own the local businesses and i did like that element of it in terms of like understanding the community spirit and understanding how they all interact with each other and that little pocket of like cultural pocket yeah in a very american town city yeah it was like a modern american version of the village yeah because it was the shopping plaza exactly yeah. and it all kind of goes down the shopping plaza and i quite liked that and i did also appreciate that there is a female lead who is essentially going around solving crimes without apparently any qualification to do so because it it would appear when you read it that in the previous books she's somehow managed to amateur sleuth her way to victory and (laughs) solve crimes which is why people ask her to help so i did enjoy that it's a it's a young woman who is doing this on her own yeah and does feel the sort of moral need she feels like a moral push to, to like find the truth so i did like that and it was pacey i read it very quickly yeah, it's very, it's it's very, very quick, easy read. Quick read. Um, and I would I would potentially be interested in reading another, potentially, in terms mm-hmm. of like plot. I thought it was, it was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, things that I didn't like as much. I wouldn't say that there was loads about this that I slated, as I have with other books. <laughs> there were things I didn't like as much. I did feel that the characters were a bit one, no, a bit two dimensional. One dimensional? Two dimensional? Oh, so two dimensional or one note? One, one note. note. One note. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of there's a lot around like Lana and her boyfriend Adam, the detective, who's like not particularly exciting. <laughs> and it's a, a lot of like her needing to be saved by him. It feels quite teenage her relationship with him. Yeah, and she, she, it really like agree. not ages her. It's the opposite of ages her. It really like ages her younger as she actually is. She's supposed to be like twenty six. Yes, yeah, she, yeah, she's twenty eight. She's twenty eight. Yeah. It makes her sound like she's like sixteen or something, which yeah. is quite it really quite grated on me because I thought. This is not necessary. You don't need this to be to like lead this investigation. It, it, yeah, I think that whole idea that because he he does he literally saves her at yeah. the end. Yeah, she's really irritating. He calls really her doll face. Because her doll face was find also slightly offensive. Oh, yeah, in the context of like racially. Yeah, yeah. So that was odd. I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't like, like that at, at all. all. I didn't like how he spoke to her. No, and yeah, it makes her very. It makes her come across as very childish. I think because she relies quite heavily upon him, and I was also a bit annoyed because, like, the whole thing. The person who did the murder was the person everyone thought did the murder the whole time. Yeah. There was no like surprise. It was like, oh yeah, it was me. <laughs> Which I really annoyed me as well. Yeah, because there were all these threads that she was investigating. Yeah. And there was a suggestion that the Mahong matrons might have been involved. Yeah, so who I, were, did, I did like them. They were brilliant. So they yeah. were a group of four old women who played Mahjong together. Yeah. And they were clearly really good friends and they'd always go to the Needle House in the Sweet. morning for yeah. breakfast and gossip and it was suggested that they were involved in some way because because the person who died had like she cheated she cheated, cheated. at a tournament so they but were like, lots of money was involved yeah. yeah yeah and i did i did like really like that thread because yeah the idea of these very like unsuspecting very gentle it's not like very gentle older women in their like 80s it was like, yeah really old um, yeah. doing being involved in the crime i thought was really interesting and 
yeah, I like, yeah, I really liked them. Um, so I was, I was frustrated that it turned out to be June, this woman who was involved in the car crash, because, well, the whole point of Lana investigating was that to prove that it wasn't her, and it just turned out to be her anyway. Yeah, it was a shame as well, because everyone in the sort of shopping plaza community, yeah. they were all slagging June off, they were all saying, oh, of course it's her, she's a horrible person, mm. blah, 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 blah. It was felt really, really hard that <laughs> yeah, it, just was. it, it, it was, was her. Like, yeah, because I thought the whole point of Lana's <laughs> investigation was actually that we found out more about June and how difficult mm-hmm. her life was because she yeah. had to care for her sister and change her plans for the future because of that, and yeah. perhaps run the family bakery, which she wasn't really interested in. That was a bit odd. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and there was quite a lot of uh, focus on like hair and stuff, which was <laughs> a bit annoying. I mean, that's partly because it happened in the hair salon, but she talked about her hair so much. I just thought, oh, get a grip, mate. It's just hair. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It, it felt very like on the. It felt like there were elements of it that were like really independent woman doing her thing, and elements of it being like really stereotypical gender roles, which yeah, which frustrated me. I agree. So yeah, I, I see some good, some positives, some negatives. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it would have been better if Lana had actually been younger. Mm. So because yeah. she the sort of has the way she because it's told from her perspective, it's first yeah. person. She was like a teenager, mm. like her her kind of vocabulary the way she was talking was very teenage and yeah. because I thought well she's supposed to be 28 I was like this is not a 28 year old woman but I think if it had been she was 16 it might have been a bit different like right at the very end so she's had this showdown with June who's tried to attack her with a tyre iron what's a tyre <laughs> iron? I've got no idea no I, I don't know I don't know and yeah she's just had this very traumatic experience and she's like thankfully one small favour my phone screen hadn't cracked now that would have made me really mad (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like get a grip that's really weird at the beginning I actually was like thought it was quite refreshing I was like oh there there's lots of women in this there's women running businesses yeah. Brilliant, because yeah. her, Lana's best friend Megan runs a bar, runs bar. Yeah. pretty much single-handedly. And at one point, I thought it sort of suggested that Lana and Megan were going to investigate together. Together, yeah. But actually, that doesn't really happen. Like, no. okay, they, I mean, they are flatmates, so occasionally Lana kind of goes back and tells Megan what's going on. But really, Megan's just too busy. Yeah at work to be involved so I thought I liked her I wanted her to be less of a bit part yeah she was she was brilliant and I did like as well that they had these characters who uh, she has Nancy who's like her honorary auntie yeah Um, but then again Nancy wasn't really in it very much and there are also some things that were touched on and I thought actually it'd be great if that was explored in more detail because at one point she talks about someone being rude to her 
because she's mixed race. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't yeah. it's just a little white yeah. and it's not it's not really explored in any more detail at all. Yeah, I think I was a bit disappointed. I thought it have a promising start. Early promise. I was yeah. like, this is really different. It's, it's different setting. Amateur woman, you know, in the Asian community in America. But did yeah. get all a bit teenage. Do you think maybe she just sort of ran out of time? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, actually, it's going to have to be jinx. I haven't got time. Sorry. Which one is that? It's oh. a Bengal. Is that Bengal? Yeah. It's a very fat Bengal. Oh, yeah. Unusually chubby Bengal. Chubby Bengal cast. Oh, it's mad. Oh, there's a goat. Oh, it's just, it literally just like jumped into the garden. Like, I'm here. What I would say though, there is a moment in the book where Lana bruises her tailbone. Have you done that? Honestly, Me too. it is the most painful thing. I thought that was unrealistic as well because she breathes her ta- tailbone. The yeah. next day, she was out and about. No, no, that would not happen. It's it's debilitating. It's absolutely awful. How did you do it? Um, I just uh, fell down the steps in the flat. <laughs> absolutely, it is so painful. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah. I had a friend who who um. Maybe like not screwed, maybe even like chipped it because oh. they tried to do um, you know, like a, a seat jump that you don't want to trampoline. Oh yeah, yeah. onto the floor, <laughs> just fully <laughs> onto the floor. But obviously that was gonna happen. Oh no! Yeah, so it was the most painful thing that's ever happened to them. Oh. Understandably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's so painful. Yeah, Lana doesn't get it. Just straight back up again. I'm just aware of the time. Just conscious of the time. Yeah. I've got a. I'm going for a race. Yeah. So conscious of the time was a popular time. phrase by school teachers. I oh, really conscious of the time. Conscious of the time. Should we do Let's a score? score? Let's score. Yeah. I think this is quite a tough one. I feel like early promise came to nothing. Came to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Let's just go. I've got a little stage. blue book. <gasps> I don't have a little blue book. I just was so. What are we gonna do? I was so. I was so completely. I like, tell you what. I tell you what. Should we just score and then we'll do the one line later? later. I think because I was really like, she doesn't know that to bring anything. <laughs> fish bash bosh, off I go. That's fine. What fool? I feel like you're in your head. You're like amateur. Outwardly, <laughs> <laughs> no. like no problem, Mads, but you're thinking. I'll get the boot back. No, but I never, I, never, I never had a pen, though. I never had a pen. Yeah, anyway. At least you had the book. Okay, right, 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 right. On three? Yeah, okay. okay. One, two, three. Yeah, five. five. It was five. five. Double fives. 50, no. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bingo this week. Hannah yeah. <laughs> was disappointed because the bingo caller didn't do like what what are they called the like rhymes? The calls, the little calls, rhymes yeah, go along with it. Yeah. Because my uncle used to be a bingo caller. Love that. Did so you know they, did, they only did doubles, so that was it. So yeah. double two, twenty other than that it was just double. What? Twenty two? Two little ducks quack quack. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, um just very briefly, there was maybe one useful piece of information oh, for okay. us to see thing. Yeah. It says she says, In the time since I've begun questioning people, I've learned that whenever a person answers your question mm-hmm. with another question, especially like when you're investigating there is usually truth to what is being asked. So if you said to me, "Yeah, what happened to the salmon, lads? And I said, 
what Sam are you talking about? You've got that no, or if you said, what did happen to Sam? If oh, you yeah. replied to the question, the question. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or if you said, oh, did you see anyone suspicious around the fish? And then you say, and I say did I see did anyone I? suspicious <laughs> around the fish? Or what would you define as suspicious? Yeah. Yes, I thought that was quite helpful. Yeah, that is helpful. Any queens of crime? Uh, yes, so we are going to have a little Queens of Crime section that we recorded a while ago. So here it is. Enjoy. So I was reading, I think it was like an anthology, yeah, it was an anthology of murder mysteries. And it had an introduction where it's just talking about obviously like golden age writers and it referred to Anthony Gilbert being the writer of a portrait of a murderer by Anthony Gilbert yeah as a pen name and I was like what the jiggins have we been duped into reading a man. A mystery that we thought was by a woman called Anne Meredith, and actually it was Anthony Gilbert. And I was like, how am I going to break this to Maddie? <laughs> but so I went on the internet to see what was going down. But in a twist, it turns out that Anthony Gilbert was another pen name of Lucy Beatrice Mallison, who was an English crime writer who wrote as Anthony Gilbert and Anne Meredith. Why did she write as Anne Meredith? (laughs) (laughs) I can understand writing as a man in the time. We're trying to, like, get the name out there, but that's very strange. It gets weird in that because she had so many pen names. So she had Anthony Gilbert, she also had Anne Meredith, but she originally had a pen name called J. Kilmany Keith which she used when she was writing detective novels. But she actually published over 60 crime novels as Anthony Gilbert. Right, well, we should check that out, shouldn't we? Yeah, so I reckon we should check that out because they will be published, I assume, if they're out there, they might be published, obviously, under that pen name. Yeah, well, maybe there'll be um, some in the British Library Crime Classics, but we might have just discarded them because of the name Anthony. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because it turns out she obviously did publish a lot, but she was never a bestseller, but there was quite a lot of interest in her and she did have sort of praise from contemporaries. I mean, we did enjoy Portrait of a Murderer. Yeah, we did. We did enjoy. Great intel, one of me. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. We were talking about Killer Kong Pao by Vivian Chen and Smelly Promise, but overall it didn't deliver. Unfortunately, it didn't deliver. But I would be interested if you go away and read another one. I'll let you know. report back. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Nice too short. Nice too short. So many good books out there. But our next read yeah. is going to be The Postscript Murders by Ellie Griffiths. And we will be discussing that 
towards the end of February because on Valentine's Day we will bring, be bringing you a very special episode about the one, the only, David Suchet. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the man, the myth, <laughs> the legend, the one and only Poirot. But yeah, next week, The Postscript Murders by Ellie Griffiths. Yeah. Thank you, as always, co-host, for joining me. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I've joined you. Yeah, Privy. thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today... Yeah, give us a little shout, give us a little review. Yeah, give us a review. review or a rating. We like five stars. (laughs) We do like five stars. And you can follow us on Instagram. We are at the Missing Salmon Case. You can also send us an email if you want. We're Missing Salmon Case. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. Otherwise, keep sleeping. Wow, we did that together. Yeah, together. This produced. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this produced. Was podcasted. Edited. This podcast was. Was. Oh, we can do one each. Created. Produced. And edited. By Maddie Berry. And Hannah Knight. Music resource from. Melody Loops. And composed by. Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> that was great.